0: Good morning and welcome. I'm Pastor Rafe, and we're, I want to welcome you to uh, worship as we come together in this time of, uh, of singing and prayer and sharing in God's Word as we, uh, as we come together to praise our God on this beautiful day in South Florida. It is a beautiful day, isn't it, right? And a good and joyous day for us to share together. So let me invite you to, uh, to stand, if you would, and uh, join me in our call to worship. We come this morning full of ourselves. In this moment, help us empty our minds of the relentless I and make space for you.
1: Enable us to put down our priorities, to set aside our assumptions and speeches.
0: Open our hearts to recognize your love and action in our lives. Reassure us of your divine vision and let us rest in your unending care. Amen. Let's sing together. God of grace and God of glory. Let us join our voices together as we uh, bow in uh, prayer. Hopefully, uh, there we go, our invocation prayer. Let us lift our voices together. You have brought brought us, us, O God, to to another Lord's Lord's day, when When we are are privileged privileged to worship worship you with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Christ. May May we we have unity of mind and heart as we we open ourselves ourselves to the movement of of your Holy Spirit. Spirit. As your love grows within us, may we have rich fellowship with you and with one another. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. As we uh, come to our, our pegs moments today, uh, how we pray, engage, and give, and serve, how we you know, live out that foundational part of what it is to be part of the community of faith want to talk a bit today about how we can engage as the church in really a, a global way. Our United Methodist Church has a wonderful resource that's called the United Methodist Committee on Relief, affectionately known as UMCOR. And the United Methodist Committee on Relief presently is doing some great work with refugees, uh, not only here in our country, but particularly now the refugees in the Ukraine and uh, those that have been... Uh, who have lost home and have been displaced because of fear of war or because of the war itself. And so our United Methodist Church is doing great work there. The United Methodist Committee on Relief has always done great work in relief. You know, natural disasters, uh, disasters that happen, man-made disasters like this war, um, and have done great work. I know that the UMCOR people and the UMCOR uh, resources that, that helped me and, and actually cared for me and part of the disaster response after Hurricane Andrew many years ago. Um, now, it, you know, that was a blessing to me, but their work continues. And so it's a way for us to, uh, to, to pray for that work and to engage in the work of the church and loving people through this agency. And so gifts that are given uh, will go directly to the, uh, to the work that's being done. And this is just one of the ways that we can engage as a congregation in a global way of sharing God's love with our world. Amen and amen. let us bow our hearts in prayer. Most gracious and glorious God, we come before you this day to claim you as our God, to claim you as love and life and purpose, to claim you as creator and giver of all good things. And Lord, in our worship this day, we lift you and praise you and glorify you for your good and glorious work. And Lord, as we bow before you humbly in prayer today, we, we think of all the transitions of life and we pray for your intercession and your presence in those shifts and changes. Lord, as we have lifted up already, we, we pray for those who are going through transitions because of war. We pray for those refugees that have been forced from their homes. We pray for those, Lord, in in Europe who are struggling to find wholeness and health in the midst of devastating situations. We pray for those refugees on our southern borders here in this country as they flee the pain and suffering and the atrocities of life. Lord, may your, your love and your comfort be with them. Lord, we are in a season of transitions as young people graduate and people shift jobs and transition from one phase of life to another. We praise you for the completions that happen with graduations, but also recognize that they are opportunities for new doors to be opened. And Lord, we pray that you lead those people through those new opportunities and that you open their hearts and their minds to see and to follow your will and your way. Lord, we are in a time when um, in recovering from COVID, there are transitions in jobs and people moving. Our housing market has shown that people are just always on the move, Lord, and we we pray for those who are going to new locations, beginning new opportunities. Lord, for many of us, the transitions have come because of a a diagnosis or a stage of life, and we pray for finding wholeness and healing as we come to uh, new places of life and new realizations of, of who we are and what our context is. Lord, we pray for your, your grace and Your mercy to enter into those situations. That there not only be healing, but there be a sense of, of hope in establishing uh, new patterns and ways of of living and going about life in this world, all of which we pray, Lord, will be following you in the way of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that you would that you would open us to the way of Christ. That we could put aside our our own preconceived notions of the way life in the world should be, and that we would be open to your movement, your call, your spirit moving in our lives. We would be open to the newness and the freshness of what it is to follow Jesus Christ. That we would be open, Lord, to the, to the new relationships that are ours because of following your will and your way. And Lord, we give you these, our prayers, in the name of... Of Jesus Christ your one and only son our blessed Savior who came and lived among us and died for us and showed us what it is to follow you and to come before you and taught us to pray like this our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and give us this day our daily bread And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. And now let us stand and sing together. Oh, how he loves you and me.
2: may be seated. Good morning. I am Pastor Payton. I guess it's good to get your name right first, right? And um, I get to share with you this morning, and we're going to begin with a scripture from Acts. You would think if you got to choose the scripture, you would choose one with words you could say. I did not, so bear with me as we go through Some cities that are a little bit challenging today, but the message is good. So here are these words from Acts 16, 9 to 15. A vision of a man from Macedonia came to Paul during the night. He stood urging Paul, come over to Macedonia and help us. Immediately after he saw the vision, we prepared to leave for the province of Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We sailed from Troas straight from Samothus and came to Neapolis the following day. Okay, first thing through, we managed those three. From there we went to Philippi, a city of Macedonia's first district and a Roman colony. We stayed in that city several days, and on the Sabbath we went outside the city gate to the riverbank to find a place to pray. We sat down and began to talk with the women who had gathered. One of those women was Lydia, a gentle God-worshipper from the city of Thyura, a dealer in purple cloth. As she listened, the Lord enabled her to embrace Paul's message. Once she and her household were baptized, she urged, Now that you have decided I am a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my house. And she persuaded us. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Let us have ears to hear. So in the book of Acts, we find the early church being spread to new places. And last week we began with a vision of the church spreading, and this week we also begin with a vision. But the story begins with more than just a vision. It begins with an open heart, a heart that was open enough to have a dream, and then act upon it, a vision, an open heart to be all in at a nudge from the Holy Spirit and to embark on this faith journey where the end up point was a mystery. Well, I mean, it wasn't exactly a mystery. It was Macedonia, but what was at the end of Macedonia? It was a dream to find a man who was asking for help And so Paul starts on this spirit-led faith journey with his team. He was not alone. There were people with him. He had a posse. He had a group. He had a community, which included Timothy, which in the beginning of this chapter, we find out that Paul has met Timothy, and he is insistent that Timothy come along on this trip. And they head off into the unknown, an open heart, hears the word of hope and affirmation and decides to lean into that word. Whole life, livelihood, everything, all in. So our story begins with an open heart. We often want to skip ahead and see what the end is. We want our checklist. We want to know how we get from here to there. And so the way we're going to get from here to there is check, 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 check. We want to move only when we know what the outcome is. Our efforts might be better served by focusing on opening hearts, following that nudge of the Holy Spirit, and continuing to pray for our hearts to be open as well in hopes that we can get a glimpse of the Spirit moving and get to see that excitement of what happens when we see the joy of knowing the Spirit is present and moving. So what's actually going on here is Paul is gathering up his entourage and he's headed off to Macedonia. We don't see a whole lot of waffling, right? It says in our scripture, immediately he prepared to go. We don't see waffling, we don't see questioning, we don't see, well, should I go, shouldn't I go, let's do a list, like, how do we do this, do we have the funds? They they don't look at those things. Paul had a vision, he knew that the Spirit was leading him, and he said, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia. That was not the plan. The plan was not to go to Macedonia. This was a complete redirection by Paul following the the leading of the Holy Spirit to help someone he did not know, he did not have a name or an address, just a vision, and the Holy Spirit saying, you need to go here. I'm afraid to ask, because I'm afraid to ask myself, how often have we felt this nudge from the Holy Spirit where we just immediately changed course and decided to follow it? it? It's... We don't work that way. We would like to work that way. We pray that we work that way. But often when the Holy Spirit speaks and it wants us to change plans and to completely redirect everything in a way that we had not planned, well, we don't like change. I don't like change. Maybe you guys like change. I don't like change. I like to know what's coming. I like to know what steps to take. I like to know how to get to the end thing. I... I'm in chaos most of the time, as you know, but I am a planner. I need to see it. Like, when I can see it, I know that I can get there, but if I can't see it, so this idea of going to a place was crazy, honestly. And newsflash, God doesn't always fit our expectations into the parameters of his work. The Holy Spirit doesn't work in the known. In fact, I think that the wonder and the work of the Holy Spirit is in the unexpected blessing that comes from following faithfully. So Paul had this dream, he acted immediately, how do we actually hear God's voice? I mean, clearly Paul had visions, that's great, but for you and I, how, how are we hearing God? Part of my call to ministry and part of what I share as often as I can, even though the stories may sound crazy, is that I do believe that God is alive and active in our world today. I believe that he is speaking to us through the Holy Spirit at every opportunity that he can if we only have ears to hear. And that can sound crazy because, like, when I am looking to seek how God is speaking into my life, it's the normal stuff, honestly. Like, I read scripture, I pray, I hear songs, but it's a little bit more than the normal stuff. So scripture, for me, can show up repeatedly in unknown places. Typically tells me it's something I need to pay attention to. Maybe it's a word or a phrase in a song that is unrelated that just keeps coming up no matter what I'm listening to. So I could be listening to Christian music or country music or whatever, but that phrase just keeps jumping out. It's in the repetition that I see how God is speaking. I have described them as sort of breadcrumbs or cookie crumbs, like you know, if you follow this, then this, then this, then this this leads to this, and that kind of thing. It's in the small steps that I see the Holy Spirit leading in in all aspects of my life, not just my ministry life, but my personal life and everything that I do. And And I'm in awe when I see this honestly. And I'm humbled. Because it's the coolest thing to see something and watch it unfold and know that the Holy Spirit is moving and to know that all you did was listen or be aware, or acknowledge. So I'm going to share one of those crazy stories with you about how the Holy Spirit is present in donuts. Yes, I said donuts. So here's what happened one day last week. At Nourishing Lives, we always have people on site doing different things. And on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, we have students here. And we had some students here working for the day and they were doing a bunch of different things but this particular group of students was sitting around a table making cards for um, older adults that are in assisted living. It's one of the missions that we're a part of. And so um, this was a new group of students and Miriam works with my students every day and like she just lights up the room, she wants to have conversations, she wants to get to know them and this was a new group of middle schoolers who was having none of that. Hi name tag on, you know my name, tell me what to do. And so she was like, so how was your day? Nothing. And so then it was one by one by name, and this one particular student, she says, so how was your day? Fine. Great. Anything happen? No. Good day? Yes. And then she said, so. You had a good day. Nothing really happened that was good or bad. It was a good day. It, all things are good with you. Yes. All right. So she says to this, this particular student, so anything in the world, nothing limited, what could make your day better? You see it coming, right? A donut. So there's a lot of things we get at Nourishing Lives. Donuts is not one of them. We get cookies. We get bread. We get snacks. Pie, cake, pastries, not donuts. Don't know why no donuts. But on this day, right after this conversation, in walks Nick, our site manager, with two huge bins of, guess what? Donuts. The coolest part of this story is what happens next because this particular student got to go choose out of hundreds of donuts their favorite donut for the day. And we got to share how these kinds of stories unfold. We're Like did you see what happened? Do you get it? Do you know? Like you said what can make your day better was a donut and look what happened. Now I will tell you this is the very first day we have ever had donuts at Nourishing Lives. We currently have a business partner it has come on board and has started providing, you guessed it, donuts, because who knows what other days are going to be made by a donut. But the blessing came in getting to share the story with the student and getting to say, look what happened. Like we were talking about your day, you just, you just said, hey, this would make my day better, and it happened. God works in crazy ways, right? God works in the ordinary to create extraordinary moments of blessing. The ordinary things of life, the conversations, the hopes and the wishes and the desires, and through those ordinary things, extraordinary things occur. And you could have said that that was a coincidence. It's never happened before. Never had donuts walk in the door. I choose to believe that that was the work of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Thank you. Amen. That is an amen for sure. When we follow the Holy Spirit and we see how the Holy Spirit is working, we can see all of the ways that the Holy Spirit's hands are in our days in our community. And Paul is leading with this too because Paul has this vision gets up and immediately takes his community out. That was the work of the early church, right? The apostles are sent out, going to the people, finding them, sharing the love of Christ in the world, being open to the call of the Holy Spirit that might change our direction at any given time, and being open to new ways of reaching people at new times. See, Lydia would not have normally been a person that was considered the target of this mission and ministry, right? So I think the Holy Spirit has led Nourishing Lives to find people in these kinds of things that we call third spaces, and we call them that because the Church of England calls them that, and there's this movement out of England that calls that thing, And, and Bishop Carter and the Methodist Church has embraced these things called fresh expressions. So I don't know how fresh they are, Because I think they began back in the early church, going out and finding people in new and different ways to share the love of Christ, the love, the belonging, the hope, the faith that comes and knowing the gospel of Christ. But it begins with an open heart and a nudging from the Holy Spirit. So, a lot of build-up here. What have we actually learned? We learned that the church began with something new, new ways, new places, people going out and and finding people and sharing this love of Christ. We also learned that it's very diverse in our visions over the past two weeks. We have learned that it's Jew and Gentile, old and young, male and female, different cultures, different places, different contexts. We learned that we were sent the Holy Spirit spoke through this vision to Paul to send them to Macedonia, and it is led by the Holy Spirit. We also learn that mission is not done alone. It has to be done in community and partnership. And the Holy Spirit will lead us in those missions and partnerships in our world for the benefit of God's kingdom. So Paul left with a team, He went out in partnership and so i started to ask myself you know what does that look like to us to new horizon to our community if we can't grow in mission and service on our own what does partnership look like so if we are or new horizon is paul going out into the kingdom spreading the gospel if that's our role in the story and i mean we can have different roles but if that's our role, then who are our partners? Who are our, our, who's our posse? Who's our community? Who's going with us as we embark on this journey? Remember that kids game, you're um, going on a trip and I'm going to take? And you go through all these things and you keep. So we're going on a trip and we're going to take. Who's our community? Who's our Timothys? Who are our Lydias? Where's our Macedonia? Where are we being sent? Where are we being called? Where can we help? This message of Paul's vision is a vision of new people in new places, meeting people in a place that is comfortable for them. This place is comfortable for us, right? We're here. And we want to be here, and we find blessing here, and we find filling here, and we find the Holy Spirit here. But if we're not here, how do we get here? And that's part of the call of the church. Offering a safe place for individuals to find hope and explore their visions. A place where the ordinary can experience the extraordinary love of Christ. Even if they're not here. The call to Macedonia, the call to help, is a call to let those who don't know what we know experience the love that we experience. Embracing the opportunity to, be, to live more deeply into our purpose as children of God. See, Lydia was serving and sharing and leading in her home. She was female. She was Gentile. She was a Jesus follower. She was doing something pretty radical at her time. She was doing something new and different. So what does it look like for us? So we have to remember that the temple was still worshiping when Paul was out spreading the good news. That's true today. We are still worshiping and we are called out to share the good news. It's never a question of one or the other. It can never be this or that. It's and. In order for the kingdom to grow, it has to be a both and. We grow the kingdom by embracing others where they are and letting the Holy Spirit lead us. Letting the Holy Spirit do the extraordinary work of opening hearts. Our story today begins and ends with opened hearts. The difference in the beginning and the end is the number of hearts that have been opened. Amen? Let us pray. Lord, as we close our eyes to pray, let your spirit fall upon us. Fill this place and community with your spirit. Holy Spirit, lead us. Fill us with your vision for God's kingdom. Fill us with your love for others that we would act immediately to your call. We would move upon your vision, and we would love without limits. Lord, open our hearts today. Open our hearts for your action and for your glory. In your son Jesus' name, amen.
0: Go now with the blessing and the assurance that God has loved you so much that God wants to call you to action. Go now with a heart that is open to God's movement through the power of the Spirit in you. Amen and amen.